All right, I'm going to start off with a, with a story. Um, I'm, I'm 54. I was born in 1970, so I was a teenager in the 70s, product of the 80s, loved the music of the 80s. And um, I, I wasn't really allowed to go to concerts until I was a little bit older. So my, the first concert I ever went to was in 1987. Uh, we lived in Torrance, California, and there was a festival called the Cool Festival. Um, now, it was cool with a K because it was sponsored by Cool Cigarettes, and uh, I didn't smoke or anything, but the, the Cool Festival was awesome. So, um, so this, this is the Cool Festival in 1987, but, but that was after we went, and it was like Cincinnati. So there was a lineup of R&B and funk artists that were, there was a bunch of us got into my buddy's old Volkswagen van, and it was only about 120 miles from Torrance to San Diego, but those are high school miles, and so that felt like, like a month. Like we were on a pilgrimage to the cool festival at Jack Murphy Stadium in San Diego. And uh, so Cameo was at our showing. Climax was at our showing. If you don't know who Cameo it is, first of all, shame on you. Okay, I mean, I'm, I'm not trying to bring shame, but shame on you. Cameo, they are funky, word up. It's like candy. I mean, it's, yeah, Cameo. Do a search, get lost, you'll be glad you did. Um, but here was the headliner that's not shown right here. New Edition. New Edition was phenomenal. Ralph Tresvant, this was before Johnny Gill. Um, this was Bobby Brown, and they were awesome. I learned how to dance from New Edition. Like, you know, it just, this simple starts here, and then, uh, uh, you know, if it isn't love, why do I feel this way? Yeah. So new addition. So we drive down to San, Di- down to San Diego, and we had to choose between, like, the, there were two days of the, the festival, and we chose the day where new edition was headlining instead of choosing the other day where Ready for the World was headlining, and, and it was a tough choice, but not really. We get there, and we, we loved Cameo, we loved Climax, we loved Shirley Murdoch and the other artists, they were great. And then they announced, and we had heard rumblings of this in the parking lot, we're like, this better not be true, this better not be true. Sure enough, New Edition did not show up. They were not there. But they said, hey, that's okay, we've got, you know, someone even better, we've got a headliner Older brother of Michael Jackson, Jermaine Jackson. I mean, I'll give you 10 bucks if you name one song Jermaine Jackson ever sang. <laughs> this is the headliner. Needless to say, we got, we indignantly left that place, the Murph, walked to the parking lot, got in my buddy's Volkswagen van, drove what was an eternity back to Torrance, complaining the whole time about, how are you going to replace New Edition with Jermaine Jackson? I know it's not an apples-to-apples comparison, but I feel like there's times we treat the Holy Spirit in a similar way. We, we honor the Father. You know, the Lord's Prayer, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name, honored be your name. Your kingdom come, your will. I mean, we, we honor the Father, right? And then like we do, we rave about Jesus. He, he is 
His name is the name by which we are saved, the only name by which we are saved. So we rave about Jesus, but too often we don't rave about the Holy Spirit. And so we're going to talk today in our series about, it's called Hearing from God. And we're going to talk about who's speaking now. So I want to go through scripture, uh, just provide a scriptural showing of who of the persons of God has spoke at different times. So Hebrews 1 verses 1 through 2 says this, Long ago, at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom also he created the world. So in the Old Testament, we heard from the Father, mainly through, but not, not exclusively through, but we, we heard from Father God through the prophets. And then we see in this scripture, it says, you know, although long ago we heard, you know, in many ways we heard from God, but now we're hearing from Jesus. So I want to read a few verses. In the Gospels, God spoke through his son, Jesus. And so the Gospel of John, we're going to begin there. John 1, 1, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Verse 14, And the Word, capital W, when Jesus became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. So in the Gospels, we see that mankind, the world, heard from God through the person of the Son, Jesus Christ. If you want to turn in your Bibles to John chapter 14, I'm going to read, it might be, gosh, one of the top five most audacious things said in in Scripture, like from a follower of Jesus. It's actually kind of mind-blowing, and it was from the the disciple Philip. So John 14, verse 8, and I'm going to read through 11. Philip said to Jesus, Lord, show us the Father, and that'll be enough for us. Jesus said to him, have I been with you so long and still you do not know me? Philip, whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does his works. Believe in me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or else believe on account of the works themselves. Believe in me, and if not in me, believe your eyes, believe what you've seen, believe what you've experienced, believe that I'm not out here with my own agenda, I'm out here with the Father's agenda. And I perfectly represent his heart is what Jesus was saying. And he did. He perfectly represented the heart of the Father. Can we imagine that for a second? Jesus, it's really nice knowing you. I mean, really nice. You're pretty great. But you know what would be even nicer? If we could meet the Father. I mean, we've, we've enjoyed, you're great. Lord, you're great. But it'd be really great if we could, if we could meet the Father. I think it's one of the most audacious things 
that, that a disciple or a follower of Jesus has done. Can you even imagine? But don't we do this a little bit also? Holy Spirit, it's really nice meeting you. You're, you're, you're pretty great too. I, I don't know if you're Jesus great. I don't know if you're the Father level great. But it's good to have you on the team. Now, I'm being facetious, but friends, there's times we do that by not honoring the Holy Spirit and not recognizing the role that the Holy Spirit plays in our lives, in the life of the church and and in the Godhead today. When Jesus spoke, the Father was speaking through him. Scripture even goes so far to say, Jesus says, I do nothing except what I first see the Father doing. And when I see the Father doing it, I jump. I know that that's my invitation to jump in. I say nothing except what I hear from the Father. Do we think the Holy Spirit's any different? When Jesus performed a miracle, the Father was working miraculously through him. Just as tangibly as Moses was face-to-face with God at the burning bush, The disciples were face-to-face with God in their relationship with Christ. Their encounter with Jesus was an encounter with God. When they heard from Jesus, they were hearing from God. When Jesus spoke, the disciples encountered God. I'm trying to be redundant. I'm trying to be abundantly clear here. Because when we hear from the Holy Spirit, we're hearing from God. When we encounter the Holy Spirit, we're encountering God. When we experience the power of the Holy Spirit, we're experiencing God. Do we get that? A lot of times we don't, we don't treat the Holy Spirit that way. We treat, we treat him less than. Do we think that God has stopped talking? Do we think he stopped speaking? Because a lot of times we do. And there's actually a dangerous way of thinking that says, no, no, everything that God's had to say, he said. That's why he gave us scripture. So he's got nothing else to say. But if that were to be true about God, then he's an absentee father. He's a father who gives a silent treatment to his kids and withholds the voice of God and, and leaves us to our own wisdom. I'm looking around the room. And and I'm looking in the mirror. Do we really want to be left to our own wisdom and going, hey, uh, this is what I think God wants and this is how I'm going to interpret the scripture and and this is how I'm going to proceed and this is how I'm going to make life-changing decisions for myself and for my spouse and for my kids and regarding my work and everything, I'm going life-changing decisions based on my own wisdom. That's what that thinking lends to. God is still speaking, but here's the thing. He's speaking through the person of the Holy Spirit. And Jesus went to great lengths to rave about the Holy Spirit before he left. Do you remember when he said this? It's better that I go away. He told his disciples, it is better that I go away. Because if I, if I don't go away, then the Holy Spirit won't be sent to you. And he, 
will guide you into all truth. From the birth of the New Testament church in Acts until today, God has been speaking to his people through the Holy Spirit. So I'm going to fly through a few scriptures. Uh, 1 Corinthians 3.16. Do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in you? Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own. I talked about redundancy again. Every second that the disciples spent with Jesus, they were encountering God, they were encountering God. and every second that we spend with God now, that we spend in Scripture and we spend in prayer, and, and we, we hear from the Holy Spirit, and He leads us and guides us and comforts us, we are encountering God. The Holy Spirit is called the Spirit of truth. There's only one place that spiritual truths can be revealed. By God. And the Holy Spirit's called the spirit of truth. 1 Corinthians 2, 9-13. But as it is written, what no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined, what God has prepared for those who love him. These things God has revealed to us through who? Through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except the Spirit of that person which is in him? So also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except who? The Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God that we might understand the things freely given by God. As we impart this in words not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the Spirit, interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. I mean, talk about like redundancy. I mean, Paul's just laying it out there. John 14, 26, Jesus is speaking. He says this, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. So with that in mind, with what Jesus just said, who teaches us scripture? The Holy Spirit. So I know you guys are like, this is a trick question. He's, he's locked and loaded with a trick question. It's not a trick question. I'll ask it again. Who teaches us scripture? The Holy Spirit. He's the spirit of truth. He guides us into all truth. God speaks through Many different ways. Um, Andy preached a fantastic message last week about God speaks. And he, he just said, hey, I just want to share with you, these are the ways I hear from God. And he rattled off some things. I hear from God in my sleep, in dreams, and I hear from God when I'm awake, in visions. And here's normally what that looks like. And he unpacked it. He's like, it's almost like a little mini movie that I see. Or, and, and he talked about the ways he hears from God. He shared one time he heard from God audibly and it scared the heck out of him. And But... He'll never forget it. How do we hear from God? Because God is still speaking. So I want to encourage you guys with this. Anytime you want to hear from God, you can. And you can within seconds. Because when you open up scripture and you read, you're hearing from God. That's not an oversimplification. That's truth. 
Now, well, here's what I do. Before I open up, I just take a second and I pause and I say, Lord, I'm desperate to hear from you. I mean, I really, I, I want to hear from you. So give me ears to hear. Holy Spirit, would you just bring truth? Would you just reveal truth? I don't want this time to be wasted. I want this time to be powerful. So Holy Spirit, teach me. And I just invite him to teach me. Invitation's powerful. Now that the Holy Spirit has been given, he is the one who teaches all things. He is the one that guides us into all truth. You understand spiritual truth because the Holy Spirit's at work. I understand spiritual truth because the Holy Spirit is at work. So let me go so far as to say this. You cannot understand the Word of God unless the Spirit of God teaches you. You can't. You can't understand the Word of God unless the Spirit of God teaches you, unless the Holy Spirit teaches you. And I think... What's needed from us, at least to some measure, is a hunger. A hunger. Because someone who's not a follower of Christ, if they have a hunger, they can take Scripture and they can open it up. And, the, and all the Holy Spirit needs and is a crack in the door, man. We see in Revelation, there's a Scripture that I love. It says, Behold, I stand at the door and I knock. He stands at the door and knocks and he's tenacious and he's patient and he's persistent but he's not breaking it down. Behold, I stand at the door and knock and anyone who opens the door to me, I will come in and I will, I will sup with him. I will eat with him. I will break bread with him. I will do life with her. But you got to open the door because the Lord's not going to kick that down and the Holy Spirit is the same way. But, but hunger, and, and we read, and all of a sudden something comes alive to us, and that's the Holy Spirit. Another big declarative statement. It's bolded in my notes, and there's pink. You never discover truth. You never discover truth. Truth is revealed to you. Because it ain't about you, and it ain't about me, and it ain't about my work ethic, and it ain't about my diligence, and it ain't about my ships, Ponce de Leon, and, and that I'm going to discover truth. It ain't. It's not about me. It's not about my faithfulness, thank God. It's not about my worthiness, thank God. I don't discover truth. Truth is revealed to me. By the Holy Spirit, friends, truth is revealed to you by the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit reveals truth to you, let me slow down. Let me take a deep breath because I want this statement to land. When the Holy Spirit reveals truth to you, he's not leading you to an encounter with God. When the Holy Spirit reveals truth to you, you are encountering God. Do we see the difference? When the Holy Spirit reveals truth, we encounter God. We encounter truth. We encounter light. And we should be changed. And our response to that is vital. 
Moses in, in front of the burning bush hearing the voice of God, his response was critical. The disciples hearing from Jesus, watching him perform miracles, being sent out two by two, given the authority to, to speak and operate in his name. Their response, their timely response to his word was critical. Friends, and we're no different. Our, the timely response to God is critical. Man, when I open up the word of God, I'm not reading, name your favorite book, insert your favorite book. You're, you're not reading literature. You're not reading Little Women. Insert Christian title here. You're not reading whatever. When we open up scripture, we're reading the word of God. And when the Holy Spirit brings something to us, a timely response is critical. Number one, we acknowledge it. Lord, I believe that's you. Oh, oh my gosh, Lord, that's so good. I, I still get thrilled. I get, I get amazed and thrilled when the Holy Spirit reveals things to me. It's thrilling. And then I get to stand up here and not talk too fast because I get so excited. And I get to share with you what the Lord shared with me. And I'm, I'm thrilled by it. It's thrilling. But you should be the same way when you, when you open the word and the Holy Spirit brings something to life. What's the response he's asking for in that moment? Sometimes it's just a word of, of life and validation. Hey, I love you. You're mine. I think you're awesome. Stay on the track. You're doing good. I love how you're trusting me. I'm proud of you. I mean, so we, get, we can get that from the Lord and, and there's times he just wants us to just, just be enveloped by that. Well, there's times he's like, man, I, I hear your heart and I, I, I know your hunger. Um, remember Nancy? Remember Nancy? She's having a tough time. Does he really need to finish the sentence? Does he, I mean, I'm being, I'm being honest. Does he really need to finish the sentence? Oh, Lord, is that just me? Is that just me thinking about Nancy right now? No, because you're, you, no, that's the Lord prompting you to pray or call or tend to or bake cookies for or do something like to bring love to, is this making sense? When God speaks, what we do next is crucial. So I'm going to close with Luke chapter 8. It's uh, the parable of the sower. We're going to be familiar with it. Um, and I want us to keep that, that response in mind. So Luke chapter 8, verse 4. When a great crowd was gathering and people from town after town came to Jesus... Jesus said in the parable, a sower went out to sow his seed. And as he sowed, so let me go ahead and give a visual just so you guys, because sometimes we, we have different pictures in our mind. So when we're talking about the sower, we're not thinking about, okay, that's, that's not the kind of sowing what we're talking about. This is a type of sowing. Frivolous, reckless, scattering of seed. Okay, that's, that's the type of sowing we're talking about. A sower went out to sow a seed, and as he sowed, some fell along the path and was trampled underfoot. 
and the birds of the air devoured it. And some fell on the rock, and as it grew up, it withered away because it had no moisture. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and some fell into good soil and grew and yielded a hundredfold. As he said these things, he called out, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. That's the part I really want to drive home. Whoever has ears to hear, hear. What's he saying? He's like, hey, I, I, I know it's a, it's a good story and I've caught your attention, but are you really listening to me? Are you really hearing me? And when his disciples asked him what this parable meant, he said, to you, it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of God. But for others, they are in parables so that seeing they may not see and hearing they may not understand. Now the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. The seed is the word of God. What was I talking about? The Holy Spirit speaking through. And he speaks in many ways, but I'm focusing in on the word of God, okay? The seed is the word of God. The ones along the path are those who have heard. Then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts. Can the devil really do that? Absolutely he can. And distraction is one of the biggest tricks of the enemy, just to take our eyes off Christ. The devil comes away and comes and takes away the word from their heart so that they may not believe and be saved. And the ones on the rock are those who, when they hear the word, they receive it with joy, but they don't have any root. They believe for a while, and in time of testing, they fall away. And as for what fell among the thorns, they are those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by the cares and the riches and pleasures of life, and their fruit does not mature. And immature fruit is one of the most heartbreaking things. And there's fruit there. I see it. I see that cute little green tomato bulb right there. But it never experienced growth. It never experienced maturity. And I'm going to read verse 15. I want to change translations on you because I love the way that the Passion states this. Verse 15. The seed that fell into good, fertile soil represents those lovers of truth. Those lovers of truth who hear it deep within their hearts, beyond just their ears. They hear it deep within their hearts and they respond by clinging to the word. They respond by clinging to the word. They respond by clinging to the word, keeping it dear as they endure all things in faith. This is the seed that will one day bear much fruit in their lives. Our response is critical. Because we're not just called to be hearers of the word, but what? Doers. God is so awesome. He's brilliant. God is just brilliant. And his plan, there's certain, when we see certain facets of his will, it's just remarkable to me. And and the fact that that he spoke predominantly as the voice of the, the Father through his prophets in the Old Testament, 
you know, that makes perfect sense. But then for him to stop speaking as the father doesn't make as much sense because he had a lot of success with that. Oh, but he sent his son who perfectly exemplified him, perfectly represented his heart, who only spoke what he heard the father say. And so now in the gospels, we only hear from Jesus except for this, except for when Jesus was baptized and the voice from heaven came and said, this is my son who I love. In him, I'm well pleased. That's the only words we hear from the father through the gospels. And then Jesus tells his disciples before he's to be crucified, hey, it's, I'm going to go away. And it's better that I do. Because then my Father will send the Holy Spirit. And that is who we hear from now. But here's the thing, that, that last passage I read, talking about like lovers of truth. Friends, you got to love the Holy Spirit. I, I just don't know any other way to say it. You've got to love the Holy Spirit. You love the Father. Well, sometimes that's hard for folks too because sometimes we have a, we had a bad earthly father. Not all of us had good earthly fathers. So sometimes for some of us it's tough to love our Heavenly Father because our earthly father was a real jerk. But we got to love the Father and we got to love the Son and we got to love the Holy Spirit. And that, that aspect of hunger, of thirst in our lives. We're to never be satisfied where that, that's all taken away. We're to be hungry for him and thirsty for him. And we're to be quick with a response. And quick with a response isn't some earthly work that we just stir ourselves up to. Because that would be a dead work. But it's got to be a response to God saying, I'm listening, you've caught my attention, you've brought truth. Now let me see what you're doing so I can jump in and be a part. Lord, that's what we want. Lord, that's what we want. And sometimes we get so full with so much like earthly junk food, like spiritual junk food and garbage that we that we're numb to the fact that there's a hunger within us for you and for truth. And Holy Spirit, we acknowledge right now, we call out to you right now and say we are so glad that Jesus ascended to the Father and is seated at the right hand of the Father and the Holy Spirit, you are at work in our lives today and you are speaking and guiding us and fully representing God in the most awesome ways. So give us ears to hear because we really want to hear from you and, but there's just some, well, there's a lot of voices in our life. So give us ears to hear you and give us eyes to see when we open up scripture we, we just, we want revelation. And we know that we're not capable of discovery on our own. You're the revelator. You're the one who reveals life and you're the spirit of truth. So Holy Spirit, we're totally dependent on you. And Lord, we want to hear from you. We know that left to our own wisdom, we're in a lot of trouble. But we're not left to our own wisdom. Jesus even said it, I do not leave you alone. So we thank you that we have you. So guide us, direct us, empower us, and reveal truth. If we could keep our eyes closed for just a second, but stay locked in. This is going to just take a few seconds. 
if there's anyone here that doesn't know Jesus, but you want to know Jesus, um, I'd love to pray with you after the service and and make that introduction because he's, he's just, he's dying to know you, for you to know him and his grace and his goodness. So if you don't know Jesus and you want to know him and you want to declare your belief and trust in him so that he can make his home in your heart, would you just raise your hand so I can see who it is? Would you just lock eyes with me and you and I'll have this moment and then you and I'll pray together. Is there anybody in this place that says, I don't know Jesus, but I want to know Jesus? Lord, we love you. Holy Spirit, we love you. Even as we leave this place, continue to guide us into all truth. Lord, I pray blessings right now over every individual, every person, every marriage, every family, every child, every home, Lord. I pray that your peace and your joy and your truth would be evident and that we would be aware of the huge measure of grace that we need every day from you to walk out life. In Jesus' name, amen. You guys, I could have preached like for an hour more. I'm not even kidding you. I had to turn this off. I turned this off like 20 minutes ago. Um, it's good to be back. I love you guys. Um, have an awesome week. Um, let's be praying for one another. And let's get alone with the Lord and let him reveal some pretty awesome stuff. I'll leave us with this blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. Have a wonderful day, my friends. We'll see you next week.